BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pocket, Neverlanders, sprinkle some pixie dust around, grab your happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland. It's me again, it is your spider pan, Jeremy, here to lead the way, and guess who came along? Hi. Well, you're supposed to introduce yourself. Oh, okay, um, I'm the uh, Windy Nerd? Windy Nerd, yes. <laughs> Heather, yes, she's back! You haven't co-hosted in a long time. I know, I've been lost in thesis land. Yeah, I've been lost in a lot of different work. Always either grading papers or a thesis. and But you get to come along with me, yay! Because we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk some Beauty and the Beast memories. Plus, we went to go see the movie yesterday. Yep. So we'll be able to talk about that. Plus, did you know Pirates of the Caribbean hit its 50-year anniversary yesterday? Um, you might have said something to me about that. I might have. <laughs> but you've never gotten to write it, but that's okay. We're going to no, talk about it anyway. Okay. I have found some interesting facts about each that we'll go over. Uh, but of course, before we do that, you know, we've, of course, we've got to have some fun news and information to share with everybody. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alrighty. Uh, you know, what would be an anniversary for the Pirates of the Caribbean without some new things going on? So, uh, there's some new things going on. Some like food. What do you, what do you, can you tell me about the food? Um, well, apparently they're kind of going with some pirate grub. You get some piratey things to mm-hmm. eat, apparently, and enjoy. 
Um, and that is starting March 16th, so it currently is happening right now. Um, so there's a Caribbean breakfast burrito that uh, is being offered at uh, the Mint and Julep Bar and Royal Street Veranda. So it sounds kind of interesting. Ooh, scrambled eggs and what is this? Andouille sausage? Do you have any idea what that is? Uh, no, it's probably French sausage of some kind. Yeah. Versus like Italian sausage or something like that. Yeah. With rice and sweet potatoes, black beans, and cheddar cheese. I that sounds that's a burrito. I kind of like. I, I'm gonna yes. try one. Sounds pretty good. If yep. anybody can explain to me andouille sausage, though, <laughs> I might have to look it up when we. Yeah, that's something to look up because I, you know, I'm I'm usually down with sausage. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So then we have a Calypso Caribbean chicken stew. I feel like I'm announcing school lunches. Um, <laughs> chicken stew to pronounce it all the chicken way. Chicken stew. Yeah. Yes. So we have a Calypso Caribbean spice chicken stew with carrots, onions, celery, potatoes, and yucca. So uh, yucca, yes, yucca is edible. I didn't know it was edible. But. And that's at the Royal Street Veranda and the Harbor Galleries. Okay, and so here's something us in Kansas City can get behind: is a Buccaneer pulled pork sandwich. Well, but this is slightly different from pulled pork. I'm sure it's not the mm-hmm. you know we're used to a good barbecue. Well, this, but is, this is Buccaneer. Have, yeah, this is gonna be sweet. So it's got pineapple, um, Caribbean style slaw, jerk spiced um, pork. It. Though, mm-hmm. what is jerk spiced pork? Is that some uh, jerk in there in the kitchen who's spicing it any way he wants? Maybe so. I don't know. You tell him you're allergic. He's like, really? I'm going to put that on there because I'm a jerk spicing I, your pork. I don't. Maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe that's the way they pull it apart. They jerk oh, it apart. Oh, I forgot to give him a French accent because this is the French market restaurant. So, aha, I am the jerk. You are allergic to this spice. So I will give it to you. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to all the French people <laughs> listening to the show. <laughs> I will forgive you. Well, you have a little bit of French. Yes. But yes. One of the few things we know I am. Yeah. All right. So uh, then we have a steak sandwich. Was it Cafe New Orleans? Or Cafe Orleans. Cafe, okay. Sorry. Cafe New Cafe Orleans. See, I can't say New Orleans. You want to say New. Uh, new Orleans. Sorry. It's an old. It's the old Orleans, not the it's new just, one. Or it's just yeah. Orleans. Oh, okay. Steak sandwich sounds boring. What's what's on it? Well, we, it's it's not just steak. So we got some cheddar sauce, some bacon. Oh, white cheddar sauce. White. Okay. And bacon jam. What, um, what? Time out. Bacon jam. Hmm. What in the world are they making? I mean, is that like a ground up bacon they make like a jam thing to spread what in the world is bacon jam sounds good to me it sounds like something that came out of like the 60s or 70s like cookbooks or something it's like a that happy one. bacon it's jamming yeah okay know. anyway it's got bacon in it i'd eat it uh arugula which is a it's a type of lettuce yeah but it's got more um kick to it and then cherry tomatoes and you're in there's cherry tomatoes you love cherry tomatoes. yeah I love tomato. and then sweet uh sweet potato waffle fries so. sweet oh, see i'm not big on sweet potato, sweet potato fries. fries are awesome I don't you don't like know what them. you're missing oh i know what i'm missing i've had some don't i don't like know it. what you're missing oh but there's a, there's a cheddar sauce a white cheddar sauce so maybe you get a little bit off the sandwich you dip your your waffle fries in it because i love waffle fries just I don't, it's the wheat potato. I don't know. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Okay, oh, and then, I know. I just, I and then like we've it. got uh, fruits de mer, which is blue. fruits de mer. You have to get that bayou of de mer. De, whatever. Know. Okay, I so think they were supposed to say it that way. Is at the Blue Bayou restaurant, and so Ooh, um, and the fun, we okay. have. Can I tell you something fun about the Blue Bayou restaurant? Okay, that is the restaurant for anyone who doesn't know that on, in Disneyland. Where you get on the Pirates of the Caribbean and you're you're floating along the Blue Bayou, there's a restaurant right there that overlooks the Blue Bayou. And that's the Blue Bayou, and it's the restaurant. You can actually eat right there as people are kind of coasting by and the, the opening bit before they actually get into the Pirates. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that's that's one of my bucket lists if I ever get to Disneyland, I want to eat there. Okay, so what this is, is we've got uh, Red Snapper, which is pan-seared, and we get some shrimp with that. Some that s- is a type of fish. Uh, yeah. And uh, scallops, um, and so we got hush puppy, spicy shrimp sauce, and remoulade. Remoulade. R- you gotta love this from France and Cajun cooking. I need to learn how to speak French, I guess. Yeah, but so, okay, have, I've never eaten scallop. Have you eaten a scallop before? Yeah, scallops are awesome. I've never eaten one. Sautéed shrimp, though, it would be pretty good. I, I could, I could go with that. 
Yeah. And I mean, this is this is mainly just I guess a dish of a lot of different things. This it's is, kind of all together. Well it's the bayou, so you've got a lot of like seafood type of stuff yeah. and then your remoulade sauce, which is awesome, I love. I've never had that remoulade. before either. Um there's a uh, salad um, that uh, I don't know that oh, look. you can get the scar remoulade sauce on it. Sweets shaped so, like Mickey. Okay, so Are we shocked? Sweets shaped like Mickey? Don't say Yeah, uh, not not terribly. Okay, so we have beignets. <laughs> Uh, Lost treasure beignets. Yes, because yes. they're they're shimmering like gold, and they look they're like lemon Mickey flavored. Mouse cookies. So, oh, lemon flavored. So they're lemon flavored. They shimmer like gold. Lemon flavored little... Mickey Mouse cookies. Mm-hmm. And this is the mint julep bar and a cafe Orleans. Okay. So you get something that'll kind of wash down your your uh, your big seafood uh, dish that we were talking about. I forgot what it was called. Keep going. And if that's not sweets enough, we got golden churros. Uh, these are at any tr- churro, churro part. part, yeah. So there'll be some golden churros out there um, now, for you to enjoy. I don't know if there's. I mean, the, looking at the golden churro, I mean, I figure it's going to be like a regular churro with the cinnamon and all the goodness that you expect from a churro. But it's got like a golden sprinkle on there that it's I don't probably know. Probably lemon, some type of you lemon. Think? Or Maybe they do like a lemon kind of churro sprinkles or something like that. Yeah. Either, if it's a lemon, I would eat that too. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't eat it, but I would. Yep. <laughs> You're on vacation. Calories don't count. Oh look, more fun kind of stuff even. And then there's a Jolly Roger, uh, oh. Jolly Roger, Jolly punch. Roger punch. That means if you meet somebody named Roger and he's too jolly, punch him. What? No, you I'm kidding. So violent. So hey, they're they're pirates. We were supposed to fight pirates, right? Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, anyway, so we got a bunch of tropical fruit juices mixed up in this thing. Oh um, yes, and this. so um, this is a, it comes with a limited edition um, Stein of but, Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean: pineapple, orange, and mango. Uh, yeah, that's tro- just including. There's probably more because it says including, but oh my goodness, I want one of these. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Plus, you get a stein. Because yep. I, I like a good fruit. I mean, granted, the calories are going to be you know, with, with all the different fruits. You're probably eat, like eating a whole you bowl can't, full of stuff. Like you said, you're on vacation. You, you can't count calories. Calories don't count when you're on vacation. So the, you can work this, it off when you get back. The Jolly Roger Punch is available to anybody named Roger. No, okay. <laughs> it's in the French Market Restaurant, the Mint Julep Bar, the Harbor Gallery, and the Royal Street Veranda. But there's, oh, there's more than food. There is entertainment that started on Friday, because the official anniversary was actually the 18th here. Uh, there is... Of, uh, let's see, when you wander New Orleans Square snacking on pirate food, you can also take in amazing entertainment from the Bootstrappers and Lucky the Pirate, which I guess is kind of the standard stuff. The Bootstrappers, I've gotten to see some video of them. They are very, very fun. Sing a lot of gold old sea shanties and pirate songs. And I have no idea, Lucky the Pirate. Uh, I, you know what would be funny to me? I have no idea what Lucky the Pirate is, but if he's going around and he's got like two peg legs and two hooks, like he's lost everything, both eyes may be covered in a patch, like it'd be a joke of that. Yeah, you're Lucky the Pirate. That would be awesome. Well, he wouldn't want both eyes covered because then he couldn't well, see. Well, yeah, then he couldn't see. But you know what I mean. Yeah, that would be actually pretty funny to me. Uh, there's also going to be a lot of merchandise available around New Orleans Square. Yep. Uh, and there's even an online land and sea sweepstakes. Uh, looks like you post your pirate-inspired photo to Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Pirates Life Sweepstakes. And you get a chance to win a trip for four to Walt Disney World. And, oh, and a Disney Cruise Line trip to the Caribbean. Uh, we're on it. Uh, we gotta get. We need to come up with something good to take a picture of. I am. I am keeping a, a, a mark of this. We gotta do this. Something pirate inspired. 
I don't know how long we have until it's due, but uh, uh, I'm finding all this on Oh My Disney, so everybody go and check out. Uh, Oh, here we go. It ends on April the 30th of 2017 uh, at midnight that night. So uh, make sure you get your entry in. Take a pirate-inspired photo and then hashtag it Pirates Life Sweepstake when you post it to Twitter or Instagram. We got to come up with something because I totally would love to win that trip. Trip for four. We'd have to take two people. Yeah, wouldn't be fun to take your parents with you. Oh, but well, I don't know if luck has anything to do with it. I think you just need to take a really cool photo. Oh, hey, this is cool. I bet you haven't got to see these photos yet. Probably not. And I think even uh, I think somebody posted it to Skywalking to Neverland's forum group or something. I, I think that's where I first saw it, but then I started seeing pictures everywhere else. But you know, they're building Star Wars Land. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there is a framework up. For the adats, and it's clearly you can see like an outside edge, but they've got you know, like you know framework around it. Like when you're you're building a building, you build a framework around it. You're building something, a structure sure. inside, yeah. but it's clearly adats or ATAT. If someone's gonna be, it's an ATAT. But you know, they're adats. Yeah, they're adats. You people are of of the dark side or something. You're <laughs> you're wrong. So, but oh my gosh, that's exciting. That's really cool because like it's, it's 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 I know it's a long way off, but just seeing little bits of it getting slowly built in, you know, like hey, you know, by the time it's built, we got to be able to go. We will we will be having money by then. Uh, oh, and this was kind of neat. Josh Gad went over into the Magic Kingdom in Orlando and went to the BR Guest Restaurant, which is another bucket list place I want to eat. Although I hear the food is very kind of French inspired, so you might not necessarily find something you like to eat. What's wrong with French? Well, not everything is really something that you're gonna. That's what I've heard. It's like no, some no people really, for you. Like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, but you might not necessarily like the food, but the restaurant itself, from what I have heard, like the, well, there's a main dining area that is the ballroom mm-hmm. that you can also eat in the West Wing, and the okay. the flower is even there. The rose, very very cool so, ambiance. So remind me, Josh Gad. Josh Gad LeFou. Okay. Uh, which. I actually getting to see him as LeFou. But when we listened to the just the soundtrack for Beauty and the Beast, we were sitting there saying, I can't help it, I see Olaf doing singing. Olaf these. dancing around. Yes. Uh, and then you know, but there he is. We get to see him in the in the movie, which we'll talk to later. But he showed up on uh what was this, Friday? Uh, and and actually led people doing a sing along of Be Our Guest inside the restaurant. That's fun. That is awesome. That would be a lot of fun. I just, you know, that'd be really cool. That's one of those kind of just rare, fun moments you wouldn't expect. Almost as fun as, and I, I shared this where uh, some CBS show actually had some of the cast of the movie out performing songs from Beauty and the Beast going across the crosswalk outside of a CBS studio, which I've shared that photo, that video. If you're not part of our Facebook group, this is a good time to join because I find fun stuff and I share it. Oh, um, I'm sorry to turn it sad now. Uh, you probably read did you see this yesterday yes I did uh, Chuck Berry and I'm always going to remember Chuck Berry for uh, the little bit there in Back to the Future which is why I can bring this up here uh, where they have Marvin Berry you know faking a thing where uh, Johnny Be Good uh, you know Michael J. Fox is playing Johnny Be Good which is a Chuck Berry song and uh, Marvin Berry holds the phone hey Chuck it's your cousin Marvin you know that new sound you're looking for listen to this and he holds the phone out you know, and that's funny, like as if you know he's influenced mm-hmm. the song Johnny Be Good. But Chuck Berry, fantastic guitarist, great performer. A lot of people say he is pretty much the reason why we have rock and roll today. Uh, so that's huge influence for sure. Huge influence. Uh, so it's kind of a sad loss, but I had to mention it just because of the Back to Future reference. You know, because we love Chuck Berry for other stuff. You know, a lot of great old songs, but I have to throw that out there. But uh, oh, I'll let you announce something here. Okay, so Disney Afternoon Games return to the PS4 and Xbox One, and that starts April the 18th. Yeah, now, did you ever get to play any of these games? Nope. Not a single one. And, oh. Nope. And I don't have the I'm remastered. 
Well, this wasn't a teacher time, but you had a Nintendo, but I guess you didn't, you know, you only had a handful of games. But these were old Nintendo games from the Disney afternoon. I mean, the DuckTales, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Rescue Rangers, and they're bundling it all together. But this, I, I was kind of hoping for remastered versions after the DuckTales remastered. I love that. I, I need to actually buy a copy. I got to play it for a free weekend or something. I beat the thing. I don't own a copy of it, but these are the like just regular Nintendo games that you get as a bundle, really inexpensively actually on April 18th that they're gonna put uh, put it out as available. What, what you have to understand about the Nintendo, I didn't get it until I was in college. Well, but okay, that's, <laughs> yes, that's not the point. But yeah, you know, still, you know, that's that's really cool. Now, the one thing I wonder is, okay, so Ducktales, you do a lot of your stuff by pogoing on your cane as Scrooge McDuck. And with the old Nintendo, you had to, like, push down and be and all this complicated stuff to do it. Now, on the remaster, they made it simple where you just hit a, hit one button so you could pogo on the thing. And uh-huh. so it's a lot easier. Uh, now, I wonder if they have the controls in this. They've adjusted it to where it's a little easier to make your balances. Hmm. I, I, I do wonder about that. But that's really kind of cool because I know a lot of people have wanted that Darkwing Duck. They said it was great. Although Darkwing Duck, the little bit I've seen of the original Darkwing Duck game, it pretty much played like a Mega Man game, which you've never played one of those either. Nope. I have, and they were harder than heck. I, I was not a fan. <laughs> they were a pain. Oh, oh! Look, more depressing news. We are now officially one month away from Star Wars Celebration Orlando, and there's no way in heck I'm ever going to manage to go. Yep. Yeah, can't afford the trip, can't afford the ticket, and I don't even want to talk about all the cool people who's going to be there and all the special guests, because it'll just be depressing. Which is why I haven't really brought it up, but I figure I I can't ignore that it's going on. But for those that can go. Tell me about it. Come on yeah. the show because uh, I would love to hear, you know, your stories and who you got to meet. And, you know, at least I got to fist bump. Uh, well, he's always going to be Lando. But Billy D. Williams mm-hmm. there at a, at a convention. Yeah. Oh, and uh, golly, I have audio from his panel and I don't think I've ever shared it. I'll well, have to do that. that. I, I know. I got video of it, too. I will make sure I do that. Um, all right. Now I get to share something. I don't know how to come at this. I just started seeing this yesterday morning. But, Okay. Sony, when they were doing the, the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies, and they had Amazing Spider-Man 2, they started saying, oh, we're going to spin off, we're going to make a Sinister Six movie, we're going to do a Venom movie, which is going to be great. They had all these big plans, but Amazing Spider-Man 2 underperformed, so Sony went back and negotiated, and they're part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're relaunching Spider-Man once again with Spider-Man Homecoming. But now there's this rumor that's going around, and all I've seen, they've all gone back to this one Twitter account that this guy tweeted it. But I have not seen any evidence from Sony or anywhere that, or any other website that didn't mention this guy tweeting it. Mm-hmm. But they're saying he was saying that there was a Venom movie coming out October 2018 and a Sinister Six spinoff. I don't know that that is at all in the plans at this time because now they got to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and there's a timetable in there. And really, if you're going to do something with Venom, you really need to tie it back into Spider-Man or it's just going to be garbage and no one's going to want to see it. And I'm sure Marvel Studios knows it would be garbage and they're going to say, uh-uh, no, wait a minute. We gotta, if you're going to do Venom, we got to do it right this time. Well, and that's a real short time frame to start, you know, because Venom's going to be big. You want to start pumping this up Yeah, you soon. you need to tell the story right. You need to yeah. do it right. And then, yes, you could have Venom go off on his own, but you need to get his origin in there. Uh, I would love, because Spider-Man being part of the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I would love for them to actually find a way to do the Secret Wars. Because you've got enough characters in the Cinematic Universe now. After you get, you know, Avengers Infinity War dealt with... You could work your way into the Secret Wars, where the Venom symbiote actually comes from. What is it? I have no idea what the Secret Wars are. Secret Wars was this Marvel thing where this this being called the Beyonder 
grabbed a bunch of heroes and put them on this kind of battle world planet that kind of helped out with almost all their whims of what they needed. Whatever they needed, it seemed to produce for them. And Spider-Man's costume gets torn up in a battle with this villain, Titania, which was created actually by Doctor Doom on that planet. And he's like, man, I really need a new costume. And he gave his web shooters to Reed Richards to help build something to help get them back home. And so he had no web shooters, he had no costume. He's like, man, I really need something. And with this weird thing, machine, you know what? Oh, look, a costume that produces its own webs. It was, like, perfect. He didn't realize the thing was alive. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that came along later. I feel like I've seen this in a cartoon form or something Yes, like they, that. They, they did present it in the cartoon, but and, and the Spider-Man animated series did have the Secret Wars later, but they actually did Venom in the first season before they even did a Secret Wars, and they had it come from a meteor. You know, so... But okay. I would love to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe take that step and have the Secret Wars and then work your way to Venom. The comic style, I tell you what, you'd make a lot of nerds happy. And including then, you, including this yes, nerd right here. That would be really cool. And then, you know, then you could definitely branch off uh, with Venom and have his own movies because, you know, uh, at a good long time there, um, Peter and Eddie Brock kind of reached an agreement where you know, Venom is like, oh, well, I guess you're not as bad as I thought you were. And so I'm going to go to L.A., you're going to stay in New York, and we just won't cross paths and bother each other anymore. There's your solo movies for Venom right there. Sending him in L.A. and have it be Eddie Brock and have him be the lethal protector. And I've seen some people say, oh, well, this better be an R-rated movie because you could get more violent with Venom, that's for sure. You don't sure. have to. But you don't have to. I don't no. think, I wouldn't recommend it myself. No. Let's not look at, you know, Logan and Deadpool as the example for the main Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think you need to push it that far. There's lots of kids that like, you yeah. know, like this stuff and, and, and I, it's I, I not necessary. That, I don't think you have to push it that yeah. far personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we got to say about that. But now it's time to go visit the trailer park. Woohoo! Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator... Give me that sugar! Come here! Get him all! Get that game! The Neverland Trailer Park. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's its not just in me, it is me. When life gets me down, I play my guitar. The rest of the world may follow the rules, but I must follow my heart. You know that feeling, like there's a song in the air and it's playing just for you? A feeling so close, you will out and touchy. I never knew I could want something so much, but it's true. Never underestimate the power of music. No one was going to hand me my future. It was up to me to reach for my dream, grab it tight, and make it come true. Right. Who's in there? I'm sorry. What's going on? I'm just dreaming. Dante, wait up! Dante! Dante! You gotta stay with me, boy. We don't know where we are. 
isn't a dream then. You're all really out there. Okay, so uh, what was the? Fr- I showed you this yesterday, didn't I, Coco? Uh, I think it was in front of Beauty and the Beast. Yes, it was. You yes. are correct. Yes. Um, what was your very first thought when you saw? Uh, honestly, it reminded me of a couple of movies that have come out recently. Kubo, by chance? Kubo was was one, but immediately with the whole uh, Dia de Muerto, you know, the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Um, that's been Dios done. Dios de los Muertos. Oh, de, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. It's a complicated Spanish word. Anyway, so, uh, because we had the movie, The Book of the Dead, that came out. It's not, it hasn't been too long ago. Yeah. Where we kind of dove into that world. Um, I think there was even another movie even themed around that uh, yeah. about the same time. Not to mention there was that um tim burton movie uh-huh. um the corpse bride that a lot of the style of the world land of the world of the dead did s- almost seem to have that style without without the the, the flowery paintings on the skulls but the, the shape of things kind of i think that me. one's far enough away that i don't yeah, think that's it's, going it's, to come yeah. to mind but yeah yeah it seems you know we've seen a lot of the movies like this mm-hmm. now i know pixar has been working on this for a very long time though mm-hmm. so that just kind of happens to be that way but yeah, there's one point where, and I guess the lead character, maybe little boy's name is Coco. I'm not sure what the name means. That might be his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, from what we learn about this, is that his father was this, you know, famous guitar player. That's and, what's implied. Anyway. Implied, and maybe he was on those those novellas or something. You know, it's implied that it could be his father. But he goes and grave robs to steal the, gu- the guitar, and when he plays the first notes, a very Kubo moment happens. Mm-hmm. But he is somehow transported into the world of the dead, uh, and that's all we know. Yeah. Well, it's just a teaser. They're going to have yeah. to really come out and show something that's different than yeah. the other movies that have come out recently, I think, in order for this one not to flop. Yeah. Well, it's Pixar, so I don't think it's going to be a flop. Well, I mean, people are going to come gonna go. and see it. I'm going to I'm probably going to love it. Because it's Pixar, but they're going to... I hope there's Pixar something more than just a teaser to get yeah. us interested. Yeah. Well, yeah. Generally, Pixar, what you know, they, they've done is they have a little teaser that just that has... It's nothing really that you're actually going to see mm-hmm. in the movie sometimes. You know, they did that for years. They have come up with a little teaser just to kind of get you interested, and then you get a full trailer later. Uh, like Monsters Incorporated did that, and The Incredibles... Course. I'm trying to think of more recently if they've they I don't think they've had that practice so much of making a little self-contained teaser just to kind of introduce mm-hmm. characters. So we're probably seeing some footage that actually is in the film this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes me worried a little bit for yeah. them. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't get me as excited as I thought it would, mm-hmm. other than the fact that okay, it's another Pixar movie, and I'm just I just love Pixar. Mm-hmm. I love everything they do, pretty much. So mm-hmm. they have that going for them, but it, it, it didn't really capture my imagination yet. But I want to see where this goes. I'll, I'll wait for a full trailer, which I'm sure is forthcoming, because Coco is uh, due out this fall. But now I think it's time for a little movie review. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Maybe a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie. Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a So as you said, we went to a three o'clock showing yesterday of mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, where we saw the Coco trailer, and I, I we, we got to be careful. I, most people, I think, saw this because I saw everybody saying what they thought about it all over Facebook yesterday. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean everybody has seen it. We have a couple of friends that we're planning to go maybe later today. Uh, I went in, I set my expectations very low because I, I, I love the original so much that every time I heard that they changed something, I was like, oh, oh, wait, oh, oh no, don't change it. It's like the perfect movie. Please don't change it too much. 
You know, I kind of get that way. I'm, I'm like, so I said, you know, I'm going to set my expectations really low. Let them impress me. So, and I kind of was the same way. I was kind of concerned by some of the things that I had heard um, early, people's impressions of the movie and things like that. So I was just kind of like, well, I mean, it's not the original. They're redoing, they're changing some things. So I, I want to go in really liking this movie, but at the same time, it's going to be different. So I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to hope for the magic that came, you know, when I was a kid and we saw, you know, Beauty and the Beast for the first time. Yeah. Or I even the book, even the story that I loved from even my childhood, you know. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a lot of things to love about this. A lot of things that are kind of, mm-hmm. eh. Uh, there, it was kind of neat seeing, you know, I like that there was a bit more connection to Belle and her father with, you know, we we heard a change like her being the inventor as if her father's not. Well, her father's mechanical. And so it just kind of showed that the time that she spent with her father, she's learned some things and she's very helpful and she's very creative like her father. And, uh, there's, there's something I thought was a little unnecessary. I liked the fact that she developed a little washing machine barrel. I found it very unnecessary that the villagers get so mad that she stops and sees a little girl there and she's, you know decides, well, while I'm washing stuff, this, you know, hey, let me show you a book and maybe teach you how to read. I don't see why the villagers would be so mad about that. And that's so mad that they take her washing thing and dump all her laundry out. That seemed a bit ridiculous to me. I didn't, I, didn't, I was like, that's where I, I could criticize there. I'm like, why would they be that mad, you know? Yeah, I don't, well, okay. You, one of the things that this was the schoolmaster, okay? So you had... Yeah, and I did notice that they had all this, boys at the school. So there is, a, there is a point to be made that the boys get educated, but the girls do not. And this is this guy is kind of feeling probably threatened because someone else is teaching, and that's not okay to him. And he does, and you kind of get early on, like, he's not really a big fan of hers. Yeah. So, But the, the main reason they're not supposed to like her is that she's, she's very aloof, and she's always stuck in a book, and they're just like, well... She's always reading, and she's her interactivity is a little bit limited, perhaps, and they don't understand her. But I just I don't understand that level of anger that she's sitting there with a the little girl. She's not harming the little girl. She's not doing no harm or nothing. And she's you know, maybe they maybe I, they were trying to pull in some a little bit more reality of that I time guess. period. Okay, this is fairy tale. You don't putting, need reality. I, I seriously, know, I know, honey, but that <laughs> may be what they're trying to do. And plus, with some of the backstory that you, I, mean, I want to spoil it. But there's another historical nod that pulls yeah, in, pulls they into did there use too, a little bit of history later. That it does help explain some, and, and that's one of the nice changes. I think some of the backstory stuff that they added a little bit. Yeah, I, I liked that was a good change. Yeah, so given given some more backstory of uh, you know, so we learn a little bit about Belle's mother. We learned about how the prince really had his behavior before he was turned into a beast, mm-hmm. uh, and we get to see a little bit of that. You know, he's he's even less likable at the beginning before he starts to change which is actually one of my criticisms I felt he would if he's when he's starting to kind of change and look at the world a little differently thanks to Bell he might have apologized for his behavior a little bit because he was worse than when they animated yeah they they did um well and and that's the one thing with the animated that he was just he was just a bad prince and like nobody really explained. He was just he was just a spoiled, spoiled rich boy yeah, they with temper problems. Didn't really explain beyond his temper, but this one really died. He was very snooty and spoiled and one point uh, he's upset that the because I I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say it's not his idea to let Belle stay over in the East Wing. Mm-hmm. And when he finds out that oh well, well we're thinking that she could be the one, he's like she's a commoner, what are you thinking? That's where you're like, Ooh, you're nasty. 
And um, it's things like that, which I like, you know, making him worse so you can mm-hmm. see a transformation. But the tra- I want, and it, it is a gradual transformation when they kind of bond and you see him slowly change. But I just felt as part of the change, he should look on his past misdeeds a little bit and and want forgiveness for like, wow, I understand now I was really rotten. And well, I, 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 I just felt he owed her an apology. No, there wasn't an apology in there. You're right. And I mean, that would have been nice to have done. However, there was a moment where they added an extra line kind of in um, when uh, when the whole scene of him saving Belle from the wolves and she thanks him for saving her life and he says, well, thank you for not leaving me to die. Yeah, you I know, like and, that. and in that, like, I'm not worth really saving, but you came back. Well, and, you it, know, well I, like, it is a little bit of the, I know I was horrible um, and you had yeah. every right to probably just leave me because you probably hated me, mm-hmm. and, but you didn't. Yeah. Uh, so. And that is though also another nice thing how they they bond. It's they, that scene actually comes later. It doesn't come right after she's pulled him in. She's treating his wounds because mm-hmm. some of the lines are directly lifted from the original movie of like, oh hey that hurt and stuff. And well if it wouldn't sit all you know wouldn't hurt mm-hmm. as much. But there isn't a thank you that happens right then. So I was like, oh I, this should be the beginning of the bonding. But they they take some time with Beast has to heal mm-hmm. and she continues to nurse him. And as you start to see the change when she comes in to take care of him, and he smiles like. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I appreciate you doing this. It's like it's suddenly now it meant something to him. So I was like, there it is. Mm-hmm. And then we get, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but we we don't have an illiterate beast. This took more of the perspective. He's a prince. He he's and he, he talks about his expensive education, and that's how he has this giant library. But they talk books, and they're, the how you see them bonding is over stories they've read and all the books mm-hmm. she hasn't gotten to read. That he's like, well, no, here, you know. That honestly is probably my favorite change. I in, like in that the movie. That they did, that they added it in. He's that kind of was... a book, because imagine you've been cooped up in this castle this time. What else you got to do but to read these books? Mm-hmm. And he's got opinions and he's memorized passages. She starts quoting some sort of poem and he finishes it. And it's just like, I like to see now that she's got somebody she's got something in common with that mm-hmm. just need to work off the edges. That was great. I did like that. So that, and, and I think we can agree that that was the part of the movie that we really liked the best was that the taking the time with the, the romance the and, the, and the relationship. Mm-hmm. The the criticism I think that we both would agree on is the the speed of which you get to that point. You know, it seemed like um, we we went through the motions of going through all the beginning stuff before we got to the castle and actually went through them really quick, yeah. in my opinion. We didn't get a chance to really bond with Lumiere and Cogsworth. They're, they're like mm-hmm. afterthoughts. But yet the movie tries to get you to care about these characters because mm-hmm. by the end, we're going to focus more on their effects of the curse than we are the beast. Mm-hmm. It spends all your time there showing them suffering of, oh, we're going to become inanimate objects entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh and, but I was like, you know, I don't actually care about these characters so much. I only care about them because of the 1991, and I love the characters then. So, and this movie heavily borrows on your charm and memories of the original to get you to carry you through this one. Yeah, I, I do have to fault them for the pacing. Yeah, because it. It, it is really rushed um, feeling at the beginning until mm-hmm. you get to the castle, and then you get to broaden the story. It, it almost felt like, let's let's hurry you up to this stuff that we know it's like, from oh, the old one. Here, you know this character already. Mm-hmm. Here, like, you know, let, let me just show you this character because you know that character. Oh, well, you know this character already. Here, you know. And, and now we're going to hurry through all that stuff that you know about, so let's just show you all the things that we just changed to make yeah. this so much better, which not were not always so much better. And a scene know? that should have been in there that, that was dropped was the nice little bit where, where the Beast is talking to Cogsworth. It's like, wow, you know, I've never felt like anything like this, and I, and I want to do something for her. That's gone. He just takes her straight to the library because they've kind of bonded a little bit over the book. But I, that's a really 
good moment in in the original movie because it gets to see where he's he's changing and he's thinking about someone else. You get the gradual change where he's you know unlocking you know his his potential self and getting to think of outside himself and actually learning to care about somebody. And see, I think they took that out, but they replaced it with a new music number. About you know she kind of snuck into my heart without. That's know, at the end her. though. That's after it's I, all yeah. over. That's this is development we needed as it's going. Well, I mean, we get the relationship yeah. developing, but and we see the beast is different. But it's mm-hmm. it's nice to get that work into where you see him changing a little bit. And you know, they, I'm glad they did keep in the, like the soup eating to see him mm-hmm. trying to be more human. That was funny. That and there there's a very cute bit there because the, they've been sitting at opposite ends of the table. And there's a cute bit. You know they've been reading at the table separately sometimes. But it's he just get, not a spoiler. No, because it's, it's such a little thing. It's uh-huh. very cute. The one point he gets up from his side of the table and goes to sit next to her. And I kind of like, is this okay? Can I sit next to you? Mm-hmm. You know, there are little things like that that are, that it's worth, go go see this. It's definitely mm-hmm. worth it. I mean, you're if you love the 1991, you carry that love in and it's just going to help you like this movie. But don't, don't expect it to be the same. But there's enough good stuff in here. And even making Gaston worse. Because Gaston, oh, he's is, totally unlikable by the yes. end. In the in the original one, he's he's that enjoyable villain. In this one, you hate that sucker. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to it, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there are some interesting character things that do happen mm-hmm. uh, because he is that nasty. That there's a turn. The, uh, but, yeah, yeah. That, that's I wasn't even going to say that much, but yes, yeah, which was very intriguing. Mm-hmm. So overall, I give this an endorsement. You got got to go check it out because I think you will enjoy it if you give it a fair chance, lower your expectations, and let them impress you. Because mm-hmm. it is it is visually impressive. the The new songs are well, at least one of the new songs I really like. Some of the new songs are kind of, eh, but it's still it's it is Alan Menken with Tim Rice, and that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean. There's no music over from the Broadway musical, which disappoints me. Although, and and one of the because we like those those yes, songs from the musical. But you will hear hints of of home when Belle is in her room. You'll hear that in the scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of there. The songs aren't there, but I I I give this a I'll give it a one thumbs up. Said two thumbs up. You know myself, but I guess it was supposed to be two people with two thumbs up. But I I did enjoy this. I'm mm-hmm. I still love the '91 ben, one better, but I did like this. I did come home and watch the original one. I did too evening. because you started watching it while I was kind of dozing on the couch. I'm like, no, I want to kind of go watch it too. Cause well, I kind of wanted to compare because I, it had been a while since I'd seen it, um, and just and I didn't see it immediately before I went into the movie, which is probably yeah. A good, which I was is a good I was thing. thinking about watching it again. Um, I was like, nope, let me go in there fresh. But just you know, coming back and like um, because the original, I didn't realize it was as short as it as it was. Like it yeah, was it was not minutes. even two hours at right. all. This one, the new one, is took over. Two, is like, over two it's over two hours. It took them that long to tell. Um, them what, and just know. to compare the pacing, yeah. because I felt like the new one was very rushed at certain points. Yeah. Um, and the other one never felt that way, but you felt like you still went through a big journey in a short amount of time. Um, yeah. So that's but, why I went back and, and rewatched it. Yeah. Just but we need to, we need okay. to keep moving here with okay. the show uh, because I want to take a ride here on Pirates of the Caribbean. Thank you. 
to alter course, mateys, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove, waiting to board. Sit closer together and keep your ruddy hands inboard. That be the best way to repel boarders. And mark well me words, mateys, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> Ye come seeking adventure and salty old pirates, eh? Sure, you've come to the proper place. But keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight. With both hands, if you please. There be squalls ahead, and Davy Jones waiting for them what don't obey.
Where have ye of evil curses, says you? Ah. <laughs> Properly warned ye be, says I. Who knows when that evil curse will strike the greedy beholders of this bewitched treasure? Perhaps he knows too much. Ye've seen the cursed treasure. Ye know where it be hidden. Now proceed at your own risk. These be the last friendly words ye'll hear. Ye may not survive to pass this way again. Dead man now Break your colors, you bloomin' cockroaches! By thunder, we'll see you to Davy Jones! He needs persuasion, mates! Fire at will! New shadows, Captain! Well clean through the music box! Cut the ruddy wreckage away! Stand by as your guns bear! Surrender, you lily-livered lovers! Another broadside and you goes down with the tide. Give it to him again, lad. Aye, that'll show the filth rats. Avast, yes, scurvy scum. Run up your white flag. We will never surrender. Very well, then. Give him a broadside. Pound him, lads. Pound him. Down on number four, gun. We're going to sink your stinky ship, yo. Take him below. We're the next lad. Hype the lubber aloft, matey. Speak up, you bilge rat. Where be the treasure? Do not tell him, Carlos. No, 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 no. <laughs> Scuttle, you cockroach. No, no, por favor, no. No! Pipe him aloft again, matey. Be brave, Carlos. Don't listen to him. <laughs> By gum, he'll talk. Or do a fine dance at rope's end. Be that clear, senor? Don't tell him, Carlos. Don't be chicken. <laughs> Scuttle the Scuttle it, <laughs> I am not chicken. I will not talk. <laughs> we anchor now, you swabbies. What be I offered for this winsome wench? Stout-hearted and corn It be a stouter by the pound? Shift your cargo, dearie. Show them your larboard side. We watch the ready. Belay there, you forecastle swab. Oh, you're ready. We watch the reddit! <laughs> and now, you bilge rats, do I hear six? Who makes it six? Six B. Six bottles of rum. <laughs> I'm not sponging for rum. It be gold I'm after. Strike your colors, you brazen wench. No need to expose your superstructure. Hurry it up, boy. Come on now. We <laughs> want the rated. We want the rated. Quiet, just. <laughs>
Oh, shiver me so. It's dead wore out, I be. <laughs> Might too fast these lock-footed wenches be for the likes of an old swag-bellied pirate such as I. <laughs> Now, where be that fascinating little old treasure, eh? Heave <laughs> to, mateys. Uh, say, have you set your eyes on a bewitching maiden in your travels? Oh, she be a lively lassie she were. <laughs> oh, I tell you true, it's sore I be to oist me colours on the likes of that shy little wench. <laughs> uh, uh, favour, keep a weather eye open, mateys. Uh, I be willing to share, I be. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Have a little old time rub with old Bill, eh? <laughs> Come on now, be a nice little pussycat. <laughs> oh, you'll be a feisty one, you be. <laughs> And pilfer and filch and sack Drink up me artis yo-ho Me riding in bezel and even hijack Drink up me artis yo-ho Yo-ho, yo-ho A pirate's life for me We kindle and char and flame and ignite Drink up me artis yo-ho We burn up the city, we're really a fright Drink up me artis yo-ho We're rascals, scoundrels, villains and knaves Drink up me artis yo-ho We're devils and black sheep Really bad eggs Drink up me artis yo-ho Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, plunder, rifle, and loot, drink up me, artie, yo-ho. We kidnap and ravage, you don't give a hoof, drink up me, artie, yo-ho. Oh, 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 oh,
Say, grab his ears. Work him over to the noose. Go on now, hold it higher. Higher, I say, higher. Oh, a mangy mutt. Hit him with a super. Here, doggy. Here, here, doggy. Psst, psst. Nice doggy. Well, hey, that talk. We want the keys, not the mutt, you swab. Can't you reach any further, you stub winged bilge rat? Grab his tail. Go on, grab that. Don't Here scare you go, dearie. Come on, have an ice bone, eh? That's a good lad. Come on now. Oh, steady now. Ste steady. Yeah, that's it. Zip the cable over his ruddy neck. Oh, they're over. It's us what needs your ruddy help, not them blasted lovers. Or oh, that blasted pocket-picking pirate. Bring old Bill them nice keys. Blasted black-hearted cur. you be spot. How's about a nice juicy bow? Hold on here, spot. Over here. Now, easy, boy. Now, this is going to be fine. This should be fine. Ten things, because of 50 years of Pirates of the Caribbean, ten things you probably, maybe, didn't know about Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Of the ride. All right, lay it on me. Number one, it was actually the first ride that Walt Disney himself personally oversaw. In fact, it opened in March, then he died in December in 1966. You mean it was the last... So th this was his last attraction that okay. he actually looked over. You said first, over. but I just, it's last. No, it's the first 
item oh, of first 10, item. I gotcha. but it's the last ride. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's the last thing that Walt Disney had his hands on. Okay. Now, the ride was really great in Disneyland, and when they were building Orlando, they did not have plans to build it because Walt had thought, well... They are in the Caribbean. They don't really want this. There's part of it. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, yes, they really wanted one. And so you get like a shortened version over in Orlando, which is still very cool. But compared to what I've seen of the one in Disneyland, I'm like, wow, they got the lesser end of the stick. There's so much more in Disneyland, and I'm really ex- eager to go and check it out. Florida's got a lot of other things, though, too. Everglades, yes. Everglades. But second one. Oh, for okay. You. So I get to read the second. Okay. Yes. So number two, the animation. Whoop. You moved it too fast. Sorry. Animation greats voiced the pirates. Yes. So people such as Paul Freese. Yes. The ghost host himself. Okay. And so many other things. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And he also Ludwig did Little Bong Drake. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And, and lots of other um, other characters. Okay. We had yeah. Jay Ward. We could go through a long list of Paul Freese characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Rankin Bass. So, yeah. Yeah. Thurl, Jay Ward did a lot of Rankin Bass. Thurl Ravenscroft, which is my favorite bass voice, I think, of all times. There, he's great. Yes, I mean, I, I, you know, there's other bass voices out there, but he's probably my favorite one. Yep. Okay. Uh, he even does a really cool. Uh, there was an album that they put out that kind of tells the story of it, which uh, it's really long, so I can't don't have time to play that right now. I think I have played it in the past, where he's narrates like he's taking you through the ride, similar mm-hmm. to that haunted mansion one where it's Ron Howard and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. a really cool audio with Thurl. Uh, plus, you can always recognize his deep singing voice, him and the Mellow Man. Mm-hmm. So. Alrighty, now this is something I have heard about. I've had people tell me this stuff about it, but I, I don't recall seeing it. But okay, so as you're, as you're approaching the ride, there's a couple of skeletons and they're playing chess. Now, there's a rumor that states that the board is set up in a stalemate implying that the two pirates are playing the game and they're just unable to move and they just both died playing. But I've also heard that the, like some of the cast members sometimes like to rearrange the pieces around a little bit. Hmm. Uh, and there are because there are some photos that show that there that the pieces aren't in a stalemate configuration. So apparently, you know, maybe cast members are getting into moving around. But the idea was maybe it was supposed to be a stalemate that they never finished because that is interesting. You got two people who look like they died playing chess, mm-hmm. so that is funny yep. to me. A stalemate. All right, and then number four, the cannonballs are an illusion. Wow, uh, that's oh, shocking. You know, you, did you actually think they would be firing cannonballs over your head? Honestly, this somebody thought was something you didn't know. I don't know. I don't uh, know. And it's a really cool effect. Now you haven't gotten to see the effect, but you know the nope. cannons. It's got like a flash of kind of orange light, and it puffs out these, you know, like um, like dry ice or steam or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you see this blasting thing, and you know the water can poof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but you, it's like you almost it's like the effect, it's a really good effect. But honestly, this is something that somebody thought people didn't know and added to this list. I found well, it looks like they updated it with some air cannons to make some like well, yeah, you know, splashes and make it more believable. So, but uh, you, you know, know, honestly, if you thought cannonballs were really being fired over your head, then um. Seek mental help because honestly, oh, they're not okay. gonna fire cannonballs over okay. your head. Anyway, let's move on to number five. All right, the original ride was racy. Yes, I have heard all kinds of stuff because they're pirates. They're not supposed to be well-behaved. And there was a lot of stuff, you know, they were chasing the women around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry said the <laughs> was chasing them with a rolling pin and stuff like that. Uh, but now it's changed to where the, the women that they are kind of following around have food. So they're trying to get the food and they're actually being chased by the women. And it's not, you know, although I, you could consider that the the auction scene is still a little racy because they're auctioning off women, but these women seem to be very willing to go along. 
Hmm. When, uh, you know, that's that's kind of just a funny little add-on scene. Normally, it's like, no, we ain't auctioning you off. We're taking you on the boat and you ain't going to like it. You know, they're pirates. Uh, they pillage and don't give a hoot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's put it like that. So, you know, shocking. Yes, it was a little bit uh, racy and it's gotten a little milder. And some people have complained that it's uh, uh, that it has gotten milder. Um, but it, it's trying to be more playful. And, you know, I understand you don't want to be that rough. But some people thought, well, it wasn't that bad before. But so, well, you know. It's okay, and nobody likes it when they change one of these rides when they're classic. But I first got to see it, and it had Johnny Depp all over the place, and I was kind of not pleased that there was too much Johnny Depp, in my opinion. Okay, so moving on. So um, we got a secret to the fire effect. Um, yes. And it's pretty simple, and actually I've kind of seen some of this on like some Halloween you know, kind of decoration. Yeah. So you got a combination of cloth, fans, and lights. So it looks like it's flickering, and like the town is really burning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they get that wind blow, so it wriggles, and then it's got the right mm-hmm. the color combination. It Apparently is a very it's cool fooled effect. some riders, so this was a, well, you know, one to include. They thought maybe they, well, yeah, I could see people thinking that maybe they had some actual flames that were controlled, so it's not actually burning things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really cool, and it's very similar, actually, to effect in the Haunted Mansion, where they have a little specter that's, you can tell it's kind of painted on a cloth if you really look, but they're blowing some air, so it kind of wiggles mm-hmm. on the, in this one particular scene. It's really a neat effect, and yeah, you've, you've seen some of the stuff around Halloween. Mm-hmm. They are really cool. Alrighty, um, so one of the most memorable parts of Pirates of the Caribbean is, of course, its theme song. It's... Which some people say it's as Cassie as, as uh, it's a small world, but far less likely to drive you crazy. That's just funny. But this actually was composed by George Bruins, who actually co-wrote the Ballad of Davy Crockett, which is also catchy. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, lyrics are by Francis Xavier Atencio, better known as X Atencio, who also wrote the original script for the ride, and he's also the voice of the skull there, just saying, "Ah, keep your weather eye open and keep your hands on board," and you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's the, also the voice in that, but he also wrote the lyrics for the Haunted Mansion. I mean, Exitensio. I mean, he's, and I think he was one of the ones that he had never thought of writing, if I remember what I've heard. He's one of those people that Walt told him, hey, you know what? Do this. I know you've never done it before, but I believe you can. Walt was really good at that, of finding hidden talents that people didn't realize they had. But, you know, the, the lyrics are really cool for, for Yoho and for the Haunted Mansion. All right, and then number eight, the tired pirate has been censored. Yeah, and when you hear some of the uh, the audio original, which uh, you know they still put out on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. it is a little racy because he's talking about uh, this woman that he misses. Oh, but he's willing to share, and holy cow! Mm-hmm. And she's was hiding in a barrel uh, at the time behind him. I don't know that this is still in Disneyland. I know in Orlando he wasn't there, but you do see a point where there's a guy when he's got the key, and he's talking about, oh, well, there's Jack Sparrow is never going to get the key, and Jack Sparrow is popping out of a barrel. Uh, but yes, um, so they replaced his, the lust with gluttony. So yeah, he's, so he's, he's after food a lot. now. He's after some food now. Yeah. Uh, and Exitensio himself actually did not like the change and just called this new version Boy Scouts of the Caribbean, which is funny. Mm-hmm. But I can understand, you know, it's a family park. And when you hear the audio, you know, the impression of like, hey, you know, let's do a little with this girl. You and me, we'll share her. That's, that's, that is too much. That I is, think that's, little, that's yeah. further than I think that they should have gone. And I'm surprised it is out on that, that CD that I had Philip pick up for me actually in, uh, I guess in Walt Disney World, their last trip I had him pick up my CD, which is the audio you heard for the ride there a little bit ago. From parks to films and back again. So following the success, of course, of the movies, uh, the Disneyland and Disney World ride was altered including uh, to include Captain Barbosa and Jack Sparrow. Now, you probably knew about this. Uh, the, some of the best add-ins is Barbosa. I love having him being the, cab, the captain on the ship because it doesn't take any away from the original ride. 
Mm-hmm. Although he is asking for them to give up Jack Sparrow instead of, hey, we're coming for your gold. But him you know, being the captain of that ship and having a lot of the same dialogue fits right in, and I love it. It does bother me that they've made the story of the ride about Jack Sparrow being throughout the whole thing. And changing of the story. Changing the story. I love, however, if they would have just put the final scene where he's there with the treasure and he's saluting all his shipmates lost at sea and sings a little bit of the song. That's great. I love that. They, but that should have been all they did to put Jack in there. I don't think they should have changed the story of the ride, in my personal opinion. Uh, and I have seen, I, I heard that maybe they've taken these back out, but they did add mermaids in Orlando that you kind of hear them singing. Good, yeah. And if you look in the water, you can kind of see them in there. And I, I, I haven't got to see it myself, but I have heard that they maybe have one that kind of pops up in front of the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that was kind of weird though. To, to, that was the weirdest version of mermaids I've ever seen in my life. And on Stranger Tides, where they I were actually carnivorous. liked them. It was kind of cool. I, I like them. Uh, and that's one of my favorite characters was the mermaid and the missionary. That's that's what kept me going through that movie. I thought they were great, but because the mermaids aren't supposed to be nice. If you go back to f- folklore, they are not yeah. nice. Yeah. Alrighty. And then um, number ten is Pirates in the Mist. Okay, so this is another movie related edition, and so there is a waterfall. Um, oh, it's not really a waterfall. It looks like a waterfall, but it's that nice mist type of thing. And they project Davy Jones or Blackbeard. Although I have heard something about Blackbeard being removed, and it's just Davy Jones now. Mm-hmm. Where he comes mm-hmm. out and says a little thing, anywhere where it's a dead men tell no tales, and he basically says, "Ah, but they do tell tales, and I'm going to show you." And Disneyland, he pops up twice because at the end, where he's kind of like, "Aha, see, I told you, dead men tell tales." And next we meet, you're coming to my locker, ha ha ha, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. In Orlando, you don't get him at the end. Hmm. He's just the one time. But uh, some of these little facts, though, that they said 10 things you probably didn't know, you probably only didn't know if you've never ridden it before. Well, I didn't know because I've never ridden it before. Right. So hopefully if you've never ridden Although this, Although I didn't know about the this. voices. Like, yes, some very famous voices. So mm-hmm. hopefully there were some things you didn't actually know and that and you did enjoy that. But, uh, yeah, some of those lists, I wasn't that impressed. But it's still fun, you know, because... <laughs> you read them anyway. Years. Yeah, because well, it's, you know, 50 years of Pirates of the Caribbean, and it is a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Now, I have 25 things that maybe you didn't know about the original 1991 Beauty and the Beast. But i got to share some stories. I've seen it. Uh, and I wish, you know, like I had Philip here to share a story. Because we, well, Philip and I, we were excited. Because, um, you know, we're both, you know, Disney nuts. I wasn't as much of a junkie then as I am now. I'm even more so once I've been to the park. It's life-altering. But uh, he found on, like, the Disney Channel uh, that they were going to be playing the People Bryce and Celine Dion video. And he recorded it and he brought it to church. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when we were in between Sunday school and church, he was like, "Oh man, you got to see this!" And we watched it like three times. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, you know. And I just, I was super excited. And I remember uh, it was at the the Metro North Mall back when it was still a full mall, and they had a little theater in there that I went to go see it. My brother and I went, but he didn't go to Beauty and the Beast. He went to go see some other movie. Uh, that was actually longer. Uh, it might have been um, an ice skating movie. I think I don't know. I know at one point he went to Tombstone when the rest of the family went somewhere else, and I saw Tombstone later, but which anyway. is a great movie. But anyway, so I went. That's when I first saw it. It was the opening night of it, and uh, I remember it was like the weather was kind of clear. It was you know it's November, late November. But when we got out of there, and I was just blown away. I mean, I was already very super excited, and I just came out of it like wow. And I go outside, and it's just covered in snow, which seemed appropriate because there's a lot of snow in that movie. Mm-hmm. So. But I just remember being completely blown away. And then the, the following year when it came out for Christmas, I had a, a really big Christmas thing where my parents got me that on VHS. And there was a lot of Batman stuff, too, because the Batman Returns had just come out that summer. So they got me a lot of Batman and Beauty and the Beast the entire Christmas. And I just I about wore that videotape out. I just adore that movie. 
So and then oh, we went together. We weren't married, I guess, at the time when they had uh, the anniversary and they went and screened it at an IMAX and we saw it on the full size IMAX screen, yeah, that not was movie a theater. Date. That was a date. Yep. And I remember the the main thing that I remember about that is when when Gaston, when you see him fall away, you can actually see him just poop disappear when it's on the when the screen's blown well, up. Yeah, it was so size. huge. So that I, I thought it was funny. I was trying not to laugh, you know, but mm. Gaston just disappears. And it was nice having a human again put back in, which I, by this time I was familiar with the song because as soon as I heard about the Broadway musical and I saw in the Disney store a cassette tape of the musical uh, version, I had to get it. Uh, you know, it was great and I loved all the new edition songs. Unfortunately, songs are in the live action movie. Not even human again, but, you know, it's okay. That's a whole other story. It's still worth seeing. But yeah, so that's my major memories. When did you first see it? Okay, um, well, I did get to see it in the movie theater, and we did not often go to the movies as a kid. Um, now I went to, like, you know, summer things when, like, movies would be shown in the summer for, like, a summer, you know, camp kind of thing. Um, but uh, I'd seen A Little Mermaid, which is one of my favorite uh, fairy tales. And then the other, my other favorite fairy tale, which probably is more of my favorite, is Beauty and the Beast. And so... Um, I remember seeing the commercials on TV and being, you know, really excited about it. And so I did see it in the movie theater, um, and I didn't have the buildup like, you know, you had with yours, but I, I was, you know, glad to be able to go and see it. Um, and so I, I, I enjoyed it. It's it's honestly, um, Belle is my, is my princess, if everybody has, like, a Disney princess. Like, she is mine. Um, and I identified with her a lot, being kind of the the bookworm that I am and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, love Beauty and the Beast. And, um, we went to the Starlight. One well, was another yeah, thing we, we, we went we got to, to see. The Broadway, see I think that's the first time I saw the Broadway, Broadway musical. Um, we saw the Starlight. Starlight. Mm-hmm. We saw a homeschool group that had done it. actually did a better job really? than the Starlight. It was impressive. Yes, it was a really good job. I've also seen a mediocre job done by our uh, Gladstone Theater thing when they do a the theater in the park and it's free. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed with their version. Well, anyway. But, if, but you know, I was, I was with some people that had never mm-hmm. seen it before and they really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, I've seen it done better by a homeschool mm-hmm. group. Uh, but it's still always fun to see. Mm-hmm. It's still a good show. So, you know, it's like, it's my, like I said, it's one of my favorite um, fairy tales, yeah. you know, honestly, of, of what I have seen. But so. we do have 25 facts. Yep. And we're going to have to move quickly because I think we're running out of time. I'm sure we are. All right. So, fact number one, Beauty and the Beast was more than 50 years in the making because it was one of the first fairy tales that Walt Disney had tried to adapt after his first successful feature, which is 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. But as in a lot of different things, they wanted to even do uh, the the Ice Queen, which later became Frozen, and they couldn't find an angle on it that that would be successful. Uh, number two, before the Disney cartoon, the most famous version of Beauty and the Beast was a 1946 live-action film by Jean Cocteau. Cocteau, I think. Whatever. Uh, from this classic French film, the Disney version would borrow the ideas of a rival suitor for Belle and household objects coming to life in the Beast Castle. I would like to see it. I've heard so much about it. A lot of people have told me yeah. it's good. Well, starting in 1987, the Disney storyboard artist spent two years working on a version of the tale, only to have Disney Studio Chief Jeffrey Katzenberg scrap their work and start from scratch. The new directive, make a movie like Disney's recent success, The Little Mermaid, a Broadway-style musical with a strong heroine. And, of course, to that end, Katzenberg enlisted the Mermaid songwriting team of Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Good move. Um, Ashman was dying of AIDS at the time and couldn't travel far. So much of the story's development took place at a residence in, at a residence inn in Fishkill, New York, which is not far from where the lyricist lived. Now, and I've I've heard from like some performers when you watch the special features, like Paige O'Hara, Howard Ashman was there, and 
nobody knew he was dying. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they kept it pretty quiet. Uh, okay, well, screenwriter Linda Wolverton, which I think they should have given her a credit uh, in the live action because they really did try to borrow a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she landed the job despite having written only a few scripts for Disney cartoon series, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That would be a heck of an endorsement to me. I love Res- Rescue Rangers. Uh, but she made a good point of making Belle an unusual Disney heroine because she wasn't a princess. Which, at that time, yeah, was kind of unusual. Uh, she liked books. She was independent and had absolutely no interest in marrying Gaston because, you know, he's the most handsome eligible, eligible man. But that's, of course, just following story. I wouldn't say that's like this surprise. I mean, but, of course, she had no interest. I mean, that's, yeah. All right. Um, and then Katzenberg also hired relative neophytes. Kirk Wise and Gary Truesdale to direct yeah, their... Trousdale. Pre- Trous- excuse me. Gary Trousdale. Uh, to uh, to direct it. Um, they previously have been done a short... They, could, they did Cranium Command, which is actually at Epcot. Okay. Which is really, I think, Inside Out kind of borrowed from Cranium Command a lot. So another unlikely hire, Robbie Benson. Which, you know, a lot of younger people, you probably have no idea who Robbie Benson was. Mm-hmm. But he, I remember seeing him in Ice Castles. That's the skating uh, one. Yeah, that's that's the skating one. Not the one that my brother had went to oh, at the one time. But he's very, very kind of has a nice light voice, you know. Uh, but somehow or another, he got this deep rumble thing. And most of the voice he did for himself. Now, uh, I remember seeing a review in the Kansas City Star where a reporter got a chance to talk to Robbie Benson and said, well, what sort of enhancement did they do to your voice? And he growled at them and says, what enhancement? Mm-hmm. And showed him, it's like, no, he could do it himself. Which kind of leads us to the next one, that that was his, sound was his own, um, and the howls were electronically mixed of different kinds of animals, like panthers and yeah. lions. So when you hear him making an, animal, an animalistic sound, it really was. Mm-hmm. And they mixed, uh, I think in the special features, they talk about using a bear and a lot of different stuff, because especially when he, when he picks up the wolf and roar, you can hear that bear roar in there. So, which of course, yeah, it makes sense, because he can't make a bear noise, but he can give you that growl in that voice, and he did such a great job. I was surprised. I was like, that's Robbie Benson? So, yep. Uh, well, for the other leads, Bell and Gaston, Disney went with seasoned Broadway performers, which is Paige O'Hara and Richard White, which, uh, listen to Disney Indiana, their their previous uh, recording. Uh, they actually had a convention that, uh, that Tracy got to go to with Paige O'Hara and Richard White. And she's got a really great recording with those two at this convention, which... It's fabulous. Go check out Disney Anna's last show from last weekend. They do. They only do a show every other weekend, so it should be their their primary one in the feed. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. Um, and so they also had some other um, movie veterans and TV characters that had been on Broadway as well, such as uh, Jerry Orbach, which is Lumiere, Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts, and uh, David Ogden Steers, which was Cogsworth. Also the narrator at the beginning. He did mm-hmm. an excellent job. All right, as Chip, the teacup, who is Mrs. Potts' son, Bradley Michael Pierce, initially had just one line of dialogue, but the boy so impressed the filmmakers that they expanded his part and cut out the role of a mute music box. I didn't know that. That's very cool. That's a good change, though. Yeah. Okay, Um, and years before Toy Story, Beauty marked one of Disney's first collaborations with Pixar. And I do remember the computer animation being one of the things that were advertised Um, for this so this was kind of the first time where they had a be able to have a three a 360 degree ballroom scene and have all of these you know the software mm. manipulating some of the some of the scenes it seems like nothing now but at the time that was, was mind-blowing and it's mm-hmm. still impressive for a state i still yeah. love i still love that yes it still looks good 
you can't tell that it's a, I mean, a computer. And some of those, I mean, well, you can tell it's not hand drawn. Yeah, I mean, some of the earlier things really filling with computers, you could tell that it was a computer. You know. Yeah. An Ashman, Howard Ashman, was 40 when he died in March of 1991, eight months before the release of the completed film, which he never got to see, which is very sad. Uh, he'd also been at work with Alan Menken on some lyrics for the next Disney feature, Aladdin, which Tim Rice came along to finish out Aladdin, which is why I, I was excited about that, if Tim Rice coming along mm-hmm. to help out with, well, he helped out with both the Broadway musical and with the live action film. That's just great getting him back with Alan Menken. Um, and so the release in November of 1991, the film was an instant success. And Frank Rich, the New York Times, uh, who's a powerful theater critic, asserted that it was a much better musical than anything he'd seen on Broadway that year. Wow. Which and is big. That, that was really, and it was, mm-hmm. oh, it was actually third highest grossing movie in 1991 after Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and Robin Hood, and Prince of Thieves. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, uh, well, I didn't see Terminator 2 in, in uh, the theater, but I did see Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves in the theater. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, I probably would have went twice, given the you know I had the cash flow. Mm. All right, Beauty became the first animated film ever to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture, and it was also the last. And well, Up Up actually got a nod for Best Picture. I don't recall that because they created Best Animated Feature specifically because of that, because the Academy didn't really want to give it to an animated feature because it's kind of like with Tron. They thought Tron, with all of its effects, it was like quote unquote cheating. They never gave credit for something just remarkable, and it should have won Best Picture, and I'm still mad about it to this day that they oh, gave it dear. to Silence of the Lambs, which I will admit, Silence of the Lambs is great for what it is. I'm just not a fan of that type of movie, I'm honestly. I'm not a fan of that type of movie either. But Beauty and the Beast, oh, I was pulling for it, and I was just, uh, okay. But Beauty and the Beast, step. Beauty did win two Oscars for its musical score and Best Original Song, for the title tune. This is one of the few times I actually would watch the Oscars. I remember they, they had the cast come out uh, to perform Belle. Mm-hmm. Went and they, they, they had a little village thing out there. And Pedro Hera came out. And they, they, all the voices that came out and played their roles and performed the song. All on stage. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, then, okay, so the Celine Dion People Bryson version of the song, which was heard over the end credits, actually became a top ten hit single in the U.S. and the U.K. and was really the beginning of taking a major song and having uh, a lot of some pop stars come and record it and release it on the radio. That kind of carried on for a good long time, and they still do it today. We got three songs actually on this soundtrack. Okay, so when the film was released to Chinese language markets, the beast speaking and singing voices were dubbed by Jackie Chan. Awesome! Which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I, I dig it. I, I kind of want to see it just for that. Yeah, I wouldn't know what they were. Well, I, I like would know Jackie what, Chan. I so would know what they're saying because I'm so familiar with the movie. Mm-hmm. But I would just want to hear Jackie Chan <laughs> being the, the beast. beast. Yeah. I want to hear him growl. You know, <laughs> so you can imagine that the beast doing kung fu. You know, and being oh. that fast. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Okay, well, inspired by Frank Rich's comment, which we mentioned earlier, Disney developed Beauty, of course, in the first of many Broadway musicals based on animated features. It opened in 1994, ran for 5,464 performances, making it the eighth longest running show in Broadway history. And after 13 years, unfortunately, Disney closed the show in 2007, only because it didn't want Beauty stealing the thunder of its new princess-themed musical, The Little Mermaid, which so far I have not heard that many good reviews. Although it's going to be at Starlight this year, I kind of want to go just... To see it, although Scott and Tracy of Disney Indiana were not that impressed with the touring version, so maybe I'll sit this one out. Although that is, it's not, it's not my absolute favorite Disney movie, but it's still my favorite Disney princess mm. because Ariel is the first one of the princesses that actually made me laugh. I, I so I do like her. She, it's just fun when she can't talk. She's, the personality comes out that they did with the animation is great. I love that. So, 
Um, this it has nothing to do with my thing for redheads, but maybe it does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you have a thing for redheads. You're just in denial about it. All right. The film spinoff included two straight-to-video midquills, so sequels that, place taste, that takes place amid the original events. So Bell's Enchanted Christmas and Bell's Magical World um, are those two spinoffs. Um, and then there's some other in the live-action TV series. Um, seeing me a story with Bell, and as well as six video games, which I don't know how they squeeze it in. I guess it's hard to understand the time frame of how long everything takes place in the in that movie. They mm-hmm. seem to have fixed that a little bit with the live action. You kind of get a bit more idea of some time passing. Yeah, and the original it doesn't seem like there's really a lot of time. We got to yeah. move this thing along. Yeah, the and pedals the, are dropping. Those extra straight to video things were were I didn't bother watching because they were just mm-hmm. that push along kind of thing. So I wasn't really that concerned with it. All right, now as we've already mentioned. In 2002, IMAX actually had a re-release with The Human Again, which actually had been deleted from the original film, which is great because, you know, Jerry Orbach had passed away at that time, so I'm glad that they had the original recordings of the song, and, you know, the scene, I guess, had been animated, but they just didn't finish it up because they decided not to use it. I am not sure why they didn't use it, because it is a great song. The only criticism I kind of had of when it was put back in is it almost makes the castle seem more cleaned up because they took all the time to clean up the castle. And I like the transformation of the the evil-looking dark castle becoming the nice light one when the the enchantment is lifted. And I think they dealt with it actually nicely in the live-action movie. I don't think this would be much of a spoiler, but you can see half the castle is dilapidated, dark, and scary on the west side. And then the east side of it is still nice, but you get the idea that every time a petal falls, part of the castle is crumbling. So it's like this progressive from west to east, the castle's coming apart. So I like how they dealt with that in the, in the live-action movie. And I can now think of it that way with the animated one, that while well, half the castle is still looking okay, as the castle's slowly falling to ruin to be restored by magic later. Okay, so back to this one. Uh, Wolverton went on to the co-write Disney's... Uh, Wolverton. Let's... Wolverton, excuse me, went on to co-write Disney's The Lion King and Mulan. Uh, she wrote the studio's huge 2010 blockbuster version of Alice in Wonderland, which I liked, even though you didn't. Which, it's lame. <laughs> I liked it, it. It made a lot of money because people went to it, but I think it really shows a lot that uh, the Looking Glass bombed. Because people were not that impressed. People rushed out, oh, look, I'll have action Alice in Wonderland. And then... I actually like the new Looking Glass a little better. I know. You're You're alone. Mostly. Okay, then I'll be alone. I yeah. like Allison. Allison, all of her adventures. Yeah, I prefer the animated. I love it. Well, I like but the animated. The live too. action was. I was a letdown. Anyway. Anyways, Wise and Trousdale went on to work on such Disney features as The Lion King, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, very underrated, but I love that one, and Atlantis: The Last Empire, which I saw once. I barely remember. But a lot of people consider that to be very underrated as well. Yeah, I think you've watched it a bit more recently, haven't you? Um, yeah, I think I did. it was on Netflix. Yeah. So. Yep. I still say you look like the one guy in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Who? Uh, the the guy who's like whatever the head of the gypsies that has the oh, dark yeah, hair. Oh, uh, and... yeah. Oh, I got that all the time because I used to be that skinny. <laughs> yes, I know. And exactly what you mean. Yes, I had the exact same hair for a while and the little goatee back when I was about the age of that, when that movie came out. I did look exactly like that. Yes, believe me, I heard it a lot. Oh, I still love you. All right, O'Hara tuned up, uh, turned up, excuse me, along with several other actresses that did Disney voices for 2007's Enchanted. Oh, which I got a kick out of. That was great. Okay, and she appeared as a soap opera actress on TV, um, and in a scene echoing the one where Bells tends to be swoons. And, of course, her character's name was Angela, an apparent reference to Angela Lansbury, who was also in Beauty and the Beast. Which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I... uh, I almost would want to see a video where somebody keeps a princess count of all of them that managed to show up because I wouldn't have recognized all of them that showed up mm-hmm. in, uh, in Enchanted. Uh, 
But in the wake of the success in September of the 3D re-release of The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast will be re-released in 3D and theaters on January 13th. How old is this article? This was back in 2011. Do you recall Beauty and the Beast being released in 3D? I don't think it happened. I don't think so. Yeah, so uh, that last fact I should have thrown out. I should have read this over and thrown that one out because <laughs> I don't believe it happened. Uh, Edit. <laughs> yeah, well, I because if it would have... Which this this live action is available in 3D, but if this had been re-released in theaters in 3D, I would have went just to go watch it again on a big screen, mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. But those are some fun facts that I found, at least a, a, an interesting article online, with some great memories of Beauty and the Beast. But uh, with that, we're really out of time. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.